For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Joss and I oversee kids and families ministry here at New Peninsula uh, at Mount Martha. And I've also taken on a new part of ministry this year, and that's welcoming and newcomers. So um, when Paul asked me to preach, he said, why don't you just choose something in your areas of ministry? So with those two hats on today, um, I bring you a message. Uh, So let's pray before I start. Father God, you are good. And as I speak this morning, I pray that you would speak through me to encourage and to inspire. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. About 20 years ago, before Rob and I were married, we, um, we were invited to a housewarming party. It was an old friend of Rob's, and um, I hadn't really met him before, I hadn't met his wife, uh, but we were invited to this party. It was about three or four hours away, and um, we kind of thought, well, how are we, we going to do this? We're going to drive up, and it's a long way to go. Um, but then they offered, they said, well, after the party, why don't you just stay at our place? And so we said, okay, we can do that. That's fine. So we went to this party, and, and the whole way up, I was a little bit nervous, because even though I'm an extrovert, I feel like when I go to a party or somewhere where I don't know anybody... I feel a bit nervous. So I was feeling a bit worried, but we kind of were wondering, well, we know anyone at this party. It's been a long time since Rob spent any time with these people. Maybe, maybe we will, probably we won't. Um, but we'd heard that these guys were going to a church and we thought, well, there'll be a welcoming bunch of people. It'll be fine. It'll be great. So we got to the party. We chatted with the hosts and um, we enjoyed you know, chatting with them for a very short time. And then they had to, of course, um, attend to their other guests. And we tried our best to make conversation with people. We, we would try to kind of merge in on a group and, and, and ask some questions, say hi, introduce ourselves. But they were a really tough crowd. They were hard work and we just couldn't make any headway. And the party went on and we kept thinking, this is going to get better. It's going to get better. We're going to get in conversation with people. But it just didn't happen. It was really, really tough. And it got to past midnight and we thought, this, this party's not slowing down. What are we going to do? It's, it's too late now to drive all the way home four hours. Um, we can't go to a motel. Um, so what are we going to do? So we thought, right, we'll just go to the car. We'll grab our sleeping bags. And we found a corner each of the lounge room and we tried to get some kip while the party went on around us. Um, and first thing in the morning... Before anybody else rose, we got up and we made an exit. And we went to the nearest cafe for a bite of breakfast and we drove home. And we spent the entire drive home just in a bit of shock that we had been pretty much ignored for the entire party. Have you ever had that experience? How did it feel? Did you feel invisible like we did? Imagine coming to a church and that being your experience. But I actually know that many here, so many of you here, do an amazing job at being welcoming. In fact, we have just received some results from our National Church Life Survey, and 49% of you who filled out the form said that you always or often personally seek out new people who come to our church, which is just awesome. So well done. That is fantastic. And as I'm coming to know, I'm getting to know our welcome team Um, There are so many in that team who are just passionate about helping people to feel at home and welcome here at New Peninsula. 
couple of ladies have started this welcome monthly morning tea, which is just awesome. So as you hear this message, be encouraged as you continue to be the open and hospitable people that I know you already are. I wonder, though, what opportunities we all have to grow in our welcoming nature. Let's read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. It says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. This short little passage is found amongst some of the most well-known parables and stories of Jesus' life and ministry. We have story after story of interactions between Jesus and people seeking him. But it's in this moment that we come to understand Jesus and his heart more fully. In that time, children were not uh, held up as the heroes of the story like they're often portrayed now. Children were, as one writer puts it, viewed as physically weak burdens on society who had little value to the wider life of the community. By welcoming the children to come to him, Jesus shows a radical acceptance of them. And he displays that children are valuable and are to be loved and cared for. But it wasn't just kids that Jesus welcomed, was it? Who else do we see in the Bible being radically welcomed by him? We see the sick, people with leprosy, the woman with the bleeding disorder, the demon-possessed man, those with disabilities like the paralyzed man lowered through the roof, women like the Samaritan woman, Mary and Martha, Mary Magdalene, the elderly and alone, the despised like Zacchaeus, the unlikely like the disciples, the lost, those on the margins, And as we see in the story of the great banquet, the master who represents Jesus invites all to his banquet. Look at all these people Jesus welcomed. And there would have been times where these interactions felt uncomfortable and awkward for him. But it didn't stop Jesus from showing radical love and acceptance. Jesus is the greatest welcomer, I know. He is the welcomer of all welcomers. And we know that for each of us, Jesus has laid down way more than just a welcome mat. In John 15, 13, as Paul read before, it says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So it will be helpful for us today to have a look at how Jesus welcomed those around him during his life, to give us a sense of how we are called to welcome too. In the Bible, we constantly see Jesus taking time out to pray. I've just missed a little bit, and this was a cool bit. I've adopted Paul's strategy of three words starting with the same letter, but I've put it in a diagram because I think that's helpful for me at least anyway. So here we go. In the Bible, we constantly see Jesus taking time out to pray. He seeks his father and he's in constant communication with him throughout his ministry. Quite often he seeks this space and prays just before facing a crowd and continuing to preach and heal. 
So as we consider how we go about being welcomers, the idea too that we need to wait on God, wait on the Holy Spirit to guide us and to equip us, that's first and foremost, wait on the Holy Spirit. Some of us might feel daunted by the idea of talking to people we don't know or chatting with someone who is outside our comfort level. For you, it might be people in a different age bracket or people from a different cultural background or maybe it's people who seem very fashionable or those who have lots of struggles in life. Like for me, it's teenagers. I have always been scared of teenagers, even when I was one. That's, that's why I'm in kids' ministry, not in youth. Um, and I'm becoming more and more conscious of this fear now that we have a teenager in our family because I feel like I'm spending more and more time with more teenagers than I have for a very long time. So this fear is becoming more real. Maybe for you, it's kids. Maybe you don't feel like you have much in common. You don't know what the current things are that they talk about or are interested in. So that feels rather daunting to you. Or, or kids, maybe you feel awkward talking with older people. You don't know what to say. Well, my first challenge is to wait. Wait on the Spirit to lead you and to guide you. Keep in tune with the Spirit and who He is wanting you to talk to. Maybe before church, you might like to ask God to show you who it is that you could chat to today. And as you wait on God to show you, he'll give you what you need for every interaction. In Romans 8.26, it says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus promises that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is super reassuring, isn't it? that as we wait on the Holy Spirit, he will guide us to who he wants us to be particularly welcoming towards and he'll give us what we need in that moment. So we wait on the Holy Spirit and we watch. There was a time when Jesus and his disciples had been busy teaching and healing and moving around to minister to people, all the while being watched by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. In Luke 9, it says that Jesus and his his disciples withdrew to Bethsaida, but the crowds followed. And what does Jesus do? Despite probably being exhausted and needing some time out, it says this, he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. And right after, he even provides a meal for the crowd that had gathered from five loaves and two fish. Jesus was watching and noticing those who followed him and he could see their need. He chose to notice. Now you'll see here that watch is a little bit bigger than wait. This isn't to say that waiting on the Holy Spirit isn't important. It totally is. But we could get stuck there, right? We could get comfortable in the waiting and think maybe we haven't heard clearly from God, and so we hold back from being welcoming. After all, there are people on the welcome team, aren't there? I can just leave it to them. Well, I actually think that we've all heard clearly from God that we're all to be welcomers. People who want to imitate Jesus will want to notice people, just as he did. So don't get stuck at the waiting to find out if there's a specific person God's calling you to move towards but in being generally welcoming to all, be watching and listening in case there's someone specific that God is nudging you 
towards. Literally have your eyes up and looking out for people walking into our building who are alone or who are new, who don't have anyone to talk to, who you haven't seen before. Look around in the foyer after church and find people who are standing alone. Too often we get comfortable in our little circles. One writer calls this our circle of comfort. We all have the need to feel comfortable and it's great when we have our friends here at church and they're the ones that fill that need, they make us feel comfortable. And there's weeks at church where you or I might have been having a really hard time and you just need that circle of comfort that day and that is totally okay. But there are other times where we just stay there in the circle because it's habit and we forget to look outward. When Rob and I were first married, we went to a lot of weddings, and I mean a lot. So there was a four-year period, and we counted back, we had been to over 40 weddings in four years. It was a really fun time, it was great, it was really fun, it was busy, and it was a bit expensive, um, but it was really great, right? Um, but we came, became kind of like wedding experts, the different types of weddings that you go to. And particularly, for example, the cocktail party reception. Um, so, you know, by the time you get to the reception, you're quite hungry. It's been a big day. You've kind of had to drive to the wedding or get ready for the wedding, drive to the wedding, the wedding ceremony. You've got to fill that awkward gap between the wedding and the reception. You've got to drive to the reception. And then by the time you get to the reception, you're pretty hungry, right? So the cocktail party reception, you, you find yourself in a group of friends. You're standing there with your circle of comfort in your group of friends and you, you kind of realize that we're not getting much food here. And so this particular wedding we were at, um, we realized that our circle had not been receiving much food. And so we decided to shift our circle to the door where the food was coming out of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And we would have our eyes up watching for when a waiter or waitress came out of the kitchen with a filled platter and we would open our circle of comfort. We would open it up and welcome the waiter or more specifically the food in. But the point of, is that if our circle of friends had kept our eyes down or our circle closed that night, we would have gone home very hungry. We had to make a conscious effort to keep watch for the food. It's wonderful to have friends here at church and to be able to feel comfortable when we walk through the doors here. And wouldn't it be even more wonderful if every single person who walked through our doors would feel that level of comfort very quickly after starting to attend here. As friends here at church, we can catch up outside of church time, whether that be in person or on social media or life group or youth group or school or wherever it is that we, we socialise. But on a Sunday morning, my challenge for us is that we have our hearts waiting on the Holy Spirit and our eyes outward focused, watching for opportunities to open up our circles. And finally, people who want to imitate Jesus, the welcomer of all welcomers, will want to move towards people just as he did. A classic example of Jesus' heart to move towards people is in the parable of the lost son. It's a pretty familiar one. The younger son treats his father very poorly, asks for his inheritance early, takes off with his money. He squanders it on parties and wild living, and he 
gets to the bottom of the pit. He runs out of money and he realizes he's done the wrong thing. And he turns for home and he starts to walk home and he thinks, maybe my father will just allow me to be one of the slaves. And the passage says this, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The father represents Jesus in this story and he doesn't wait for his son to come to him. He runs towards him to welcome him home. So Jesus welcomed people and showed his heart by moving towards them. And so the last W is walk. And I've made that bigger again, not because waiting and watching are less important, but because the walking over to actually say hello and welcome someone is probably the hardest to actually do. We can get stuck in the waiting, we can get stuck in the watching, and we chicken out of the walking. Now, I would say, I know that some of you would say, yeah, but it's easy for you, Joss. You're an extrovert. Talking to people comes naturally. But I'll push back on that a little bit because, yes, talking to people, I love it. I get filled up by it. But I still get nervous talking to someone I don't know. I think, oh, maybe I'll stuff up this conversation. Maybe I'll say something silly. Um, So it still comes back to me waiting on the Holy Spirit to give me what I need for every interaction. Just like Jesus walked towards people on the margins, those that were not in his immediate circle, so do we. Just like the father in the parable of the lost son ran towards his son, so do we need to move towards new people, the new person through the door, towards the young mum struggling with her toddlers on her own, towards the awkward teen who doesn't want to make eye contact. How many of you have one of those welcome mats that Rob held up before? How many of you have one at your door? A few, a few. Well, so with a welcome mat in place, when you have a visitor come to your house for the first time, do they see the welcome mat and then just walk in? No, they still ring the doorbell or knock on the door and you walk to the door to greet them. In fact, it would be quite unusual for a new friend to come to your door, see the doormat and go, I'll just walk in. I can only count on maybe a few fingers how many friends I just walk into their house. I usually knock on the door. So here at church, being welcoming, it doesn't just rely on having a nice entranceway and maybe a couple of people saying hello on the door. As a church family, we all need to be ready to walk towards the new person or the person on their own. Not all at once, of course, that would be a bit um, scary for that person. But we all need to be ready and willing to provide that deeper sense of welcome. At that wedding when we needed food, we couldn't just open up our circle and wait for the food to come to us. We had to move our whole circle to the food. But this welcome isn't just the first time that somebody new comes along. It takes time for people to feel at home and to find their circle of comfort. And you'll see in my diagram that it's circular. That's because once we've welcomed someone and had that opportunity to chat, it's important for us to keep waiting on the Holy Spirit to prompt us further about that person, to watch out for them again over the coming weeks and to walk towards them again and continue that warm welcome from that first time. 
being in tune with the Holy Spirit and listening for his promptings as to what you could talk about and who else you could introduce them to. This might involve introducing them to your circle of comfort or in time exchanging numbers so that you can meet up during the week. Here at Mount Martha, we, um, you know, with a lot of people, quite a number of people, there's that risk of going up to somebody who you think is new and discovering that they've been here for 20 years. My husband, Rob, despite being quite an introvert, always has his eye out for new people. And he coined this phrase many, many years ago. He coined this phrase, it's better to look like a goose than a snob. So he would much rather go up to somebody and look a bit silly if he didn't know that they'd been here for 20 years than letting them walk out the door without someone saying hello. So going up to someone and saying, I haven't met you before, my name's Joss. It's such a lovely way to say hi, even if they have been here for 20 years. Well, you've made a new friend, right? You might be like me and you have trouble remembering names and you're worried that you'll forget from one week to the next. Well, no doubt they will, they will have forgotten your name too. So don't let that turn you off being welcoming. But if you're worried about it, someone told me once that if you say the name seven times in that first interaction, it'll embed in your brain. Or even I've been known to run out to the car at the end of church and jot the name in my phone, just so I can remember it, because I've noted it down. Another problem I have is that I just need to listen well in conversations. This encounter is not about me. It's not about how much I can tell them about me. It's about them and letting them open up as much or as little as they want. Ask questions, show genuine interest. And if you're really listening the first time you meet them, maybe the next time you see them, you'll even be able to ask them about something you chatted about the first time. How valued and loved would that person feel? But regardless of how much you can remember from that first encounter, continuing to move out of our circles of comfort and do the welcome walk. It goes a long way. Christina Ward has just started on our staff in the last few months, taking on the admin role at Mount Martha. Christina gave me permission to share this. She recently told me that when her and Russell attended New Penn some 15 years ago for the first time, they had an experience that stuck with her. She was a fairly young Christian at the time. They had just moved to the area for work. And at their first week at New Penn, they met some other young adults and they were introduced to a few more. And during that week, they received a personalised card in the post extending that welcome and inviting them to join a life group. Christina was blown away that someone would go to the trouble of writing to them and inviting them into the church family in that way. Since that time, Christina and Russell have gone on to serve in various ministries like Kinder Kids, and Christina's been a key volunteer and a coordinator of playgroups. She's a core member of a life group, and now she's on staff. And Christina said that she's sure that that kind of welcome that they received that first week was instrumental in their decision to keep coming along. What this whole thing really comes down to is shifting our attitude from coming to church being about us to it being about God and others. We come to worship, to praise, to give glory to our living God. And we come to build up the others who walk through the door. And in, church, in a church of all places, this extravagant and generous love should be immediately evident for all to see and experience. 
So in the waiting on the Holy Spirit, in the watching and having this outward focus for others, and in the walking over to someone outside your circle of comfort, let's just imagine for a moment the possible outcomes. Maybe a regular attender makes a new friend and feels more at home. Maybe a family checking out the church for the first time feels valued and accepted and they feel confident to give it another go next week. Maybe a teen with a difficult home life is welcomed and listened to for the first time in months. Maybe a child with no grandparent figure in their life finds a mentor who'll journey with them through life's ups and downs. Or maybe even a person who is far, far from God is welcomed with such genuine love and grace and over a few short weeks experiences a church family like they've never experienced before. And for the first time, with God's Holy Spirit at work in them, comes to know and accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So let's wait on God. Let's watch and let's walk and continue to be the welcoming church that God calls us to be. Let's pray. Father God, we, um, we give this to you and we ask that you would give us the confidence, help us to wait on you, help us to watch out for people who don't have people to talk to, help us to do that welcome walk and give us that, that sense of you as we do that and help our conversations to just go so well. Lord, help us right now as we finish church to put this into practice because we know you are working in us and your Holy Spirit gives us power and confidence as we go ahead in your way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.